You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 379. People think that you have to be a slick salesman, right? And you've got to be a fast talker. As a matter of fact, the more you talk, the less money you will make. The better questions you ask and the better you listen, the more money you will make. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, Cody Hoffheim here. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to remind you about the contest going for the whole month of March. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What would it do for your business? What would it do for your wholesaling business slash career if you could just spend two full days with Tom Kroll down in sunny Florida and have him really dissect your business plan, your model, and make sure that you're really on track to dominate your market. Well, for the whole month of March, guys, we're doing a special ratings and review contest where we're going to pick three lucky winners to go head down to sunny Florida. That's right. We're going to take care of all of your flights, all your accommodations, and you're just going to simply spend two full days with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tom Kroll himself, in sunny Florida. Now, what do you have to do? It's heading over to iTunes and rating and review. So rate and review this podcast, five stars, please. And then simply just take a screenshot of the review and send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. And then ultimately, if that's not enough, the three of you, by hanging out with Tom and with one another, Tom is also going to put you in the hot seat and have you featured on this podcast as well. So head on over to iTunes, do a rating and a review, and simply take the screenshot, send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. Now let's keep going with today's episode. My name is Todd Toback, and welcome to the special edition of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast on speaking with, negotiating, and closing motivated sellers. Now, this is the second episode in a three-part series on this topic, which is near and dear to my heart. If you have not listened to that first episode, go back to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast to set the stage. Now, if you are a brand new wholesaler and you have never wholesaled a deal, or if you're a wholesaler and you want to do more deals and bigger deals, this podcast is for you. This business is about three things and three things only. Number one, generating leads. Number two, meeting and closing with motivated sellers. And then three, your exit or your disposition of the property. That is it. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Number one, generating leads. Number two, closing those leads. And number three, your exit from the property. Now, for any of this to work, you must generate leads. You must pick one marketing strategy and work it like a crazy person. Once you have leads, it is now your job to convert. Now, most people, most people get this wrong. They think that speaking to motivated sellers, or they think negotiating with motivated sellers, or they think that showing up by the seat of your pants, right, that a deal is going to fall in your lap. Well, let me tell you something. 
the most successful wholesalers in the country, the people who you see on Facebook or Instagram or whoever else who are telling the truth, who are having those those middle five-figure and six-figure months, know the art of meeting and speaking with and negotiating with a motivated seller. And so that's what this series is all about. Now, the first episode was very wide. I spoke about meeting with a seller and the technique for doing that. Number two, I'm gonna focus on the five techniques that you must know to negotiate the best deal possible with a motivated seller. These are the five communication techniques of the no limit selling system. This is the very system that I use to teach my acquisition specialist to do deals in one of the most competitive markets in the country. Now, if you don't know me, my name is Todd Tobeck and I've wholesaled over 1,000 properties in one of the most competitive markets in Southern California. So I know what I'm talking about. I've trained more successful wholesalers than any other teacher or guru on the planet, or at least I've taught people who have taught people, right? I'm also Tom's older brother, the founder of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And so my goal for you is to translate this energy, this skill that I've learned to you so that you could do more deals. You could make more money. You could add more freedom to your life. And this one thing, if you learn it, will be a game changer for your business. If you are struggling with wholesaling and you are generating leads right now, I can tell you that this, what I am talking about today, will change your life and change your business and change your income and literally change your trajectory for the next 15 or 20 years. So please listen up. If you haven't listened to the first episode, you can go back after listening to this or listen to that one first. Also, if you want more training on this in between the episodes, go to closingsellers.com and you can get some video training and free videos on this very stuff that I am talking about. All right. So right now I'm going to get into the five communication techniques and these could be used in person. These could be used on the phone, but they're usually done in the pre-qualification phase, right? You're making the decision if you are going to speak with somebody further or if you're going to meet with them in person, but they're also used when you're meeting with a motivated seller. Very, very, very important. All right. Now I can tell you that where most people get caught is that they hate talking to sellers. They get kicked in the teeth. They feel like sales is dirty. They feel like it's slimy. They feel like they have to lie. They feel like they have to be slick. And I can tell you, nothing can be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, the more blunt you are, the more transparent you are, the more confident you are, the less that you try to beat around the bush, the more money you will make. People think that you have to be a slick salesman, right? And you know, you got to be a fast talker. As a matter of fact, the more you talk, the less money you will make. The better questions you ask and the better you listen, the more money you will make. Want to do a middle five-figure deal or a six-figure deal? Okay, I'm talking about 100K plus. Okay, learn these techniques, okay? You've got to learn these techniques and you can do it. All right, so let's talk about why most people hate sales, all right? Most people hate acquisitions. Most people hate talking to motivated sellers, right? You got a brand new wholesaler and they're excited and they've listened to the podcast and they want to do a deal and they start dialing or cold calling or or, uh, calling back sellers from direct mail. And they call a seller and they say, hi, I was calling you back. You had called me about your house on 321 Main Street. Immediately, the seller gains back control by starting to say, well, what's your name? What company do you work for? How long have you been in business? What are you going to give me for my house? Right? And what they have done by asking you those questions that they have taken control of the conversation. And now because of this, you are now on the defense. So what you must do now is get back on offense by asking the right questions using 
Okay, the first technique in the no limits selling system. Okay, now this technique is called the redirect or redirecting. And redirecting is the art of responding to a question with a question, right? If a seller asks you how long you've been uh, in, in business, the worst thing that you can say is, oh, I've been in business for two years and I'm a member of the Better Business Bureau and my office is on 321 Main Street and I'm a real nice guy. Just ask any of my friends, right? <laughs> That's pathetic. And you get blown out of the water and the seller automatically gets defensive once you start defending yourself. So how do you do it? Ask a question. So. What I like to do if a seller asks me, for example, how long have you been in business, right, is I may answer quickly, but then ask a question. So I'll say, well, my company has been in business for 18 years, but let me ask you a question. Why did you ask me that question? Or why did you ask me that? Or can you share more with me what's on your mind? Now I ask that open-ended question. Now the seller says, well, you know, I met with three other investors and they were shady. One showed up late. One looked like he was homeless, and another guy actually told me he was going to buy uh, my house, but he actually just wanted to list it. All right, boom. Now I've dug out more pain. Now, if you actually listen to the first episode in this series, right now I'm getting right into sales mode, and I've got ammunition. So what I do is I've got my pad. If I'm in person, I'm writing all this stuff down, right? So if, if I'm understanding you correctly, it sounds like you're actually looking for a buyer, and you're not looking to list it. Is that correct? Right? Get them speaking more, right? Redirect. If they said, how much can you give me for my house? Right? That's another one, right? Just make me an offer. You got to be very careful about that because now all of a sudden you sit there and you're like, uh, 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 you've lost control, right? And I can tell you that being in a position as a salesperson or an acquisition person or a house buyer where you have lost control makes sales not fun, right? You're always on the defense and you're thinking that you have to defend yourself. So when you use the redirect, it puts you in this position. So whenever anyone asks me, how much can you give me from my house, right? That's a way that they take back control. I'm immediately going to respond, you know, I'm not sure yet. Can I ask you a few more questions to find out a little bit more about your situation and the property? Boom. Now I got it, right? I've set the stage. They've got the understanding. I've got the control. And now I've asked permission to ask some questions, right? I'll say, look, I'll make this as quickly as possible so you and I can try to come up to a win-win. Is that fair? Then I'll ask about the property, the situation. I'll go down and list the questions. And now I'm gaining information. I'm gaining ammunition, right? I'm not on the defense and I feel great. Now, if someone says, how fast can you close? Right, and I'm just throwing out examples. It could be anything, right? Most people say, well, I can close in 30 days right? Be very, very, very careful about that. The seller just gave you an opportunity to find out more information. But instead of listening, you spoke. Instead of saying, instead of, instead of saying, hey, I can close in 30 days or 15 days or seven days, say, well, let me ask you a question. Why is that timeline important to you? Or why 30 days? Or would you like a shorter close of 30 days? Or would you like longer than 30 days? It depends. What's your preference? So do you see how I'm controlling this conversation, right? And again, I'm always directing the seller, but making the seller feel, okay, like they're being heard and like they're in control. But I'm keeping control by asking the question. You're going to redirect their energy, right? Redirect the flow like a river by asking questions. Now, this can work for any single industry. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite ways, a little trick here, 
is to practice on garage sales, right? Most of the stuff at garage sales are total junk, right? But my kids love, love, love to shop for toys at garage sales because they get really good deals. And so I always teach them this stuff and ask questions. And so if you want to play loose, right? If you want to have nothing to lose and you don't want to practice on a seller appointment, go to garage sale on a Saturday or Sunday and start practicing this stuff. It is fun, right? Or, you know, practice it today in a deal, right? You, you're, it's going to work, all right? By the way, if you want more training on this stuff in between the podcast series, go to closingsellers.com. I've got videos on all this stuff, all right? The next one, the second technique of the no limit selling system is reluctance, okay? Reluctance is a technique that we use to show the seller that we are not desperate for their house, right? They need us more than we need them, right? We're very reluctant to buy the property. We're reluctant to do business. Now, this is not to be confused with confidence, right? You must be extremely confident that you can buy their house, okay? You are reluctant to buy it at their price, right? You are willing to buy their house. You can buy their house and you will buy their house. You have that confidence. You exude confidence, right? But you are very reluctant to look at anything unless you can make a profit, right? Notice this is a very quiet confidence, but you were reluctant to do anything in which you are not able to make money. Now, many sellers, that what they, excuse me, many investors, is they hide the fact that they are in this business to make a profit. And this is very, very foolish. If you understand this one thing, your posture, your energy, your confidence will go through the roof. And so one of the things that I make very clear from day one is that I'm in this business to make a profit, right? I'm a truth teller and a truth seeker. Right. And so you want to mention that if a seller says, you know, I really want $400,000 for this property. Right. And I want to show that I'm reluctant. I can say, look, your property is really nice. Okay. I'd love to be able to buy it, but, but, okay. I cannot do it at $400,000. I just can't make a profit. I just can't do it. I'd love to be able to do it, but I just can't. Right. And so notice I'm reluctant. I'm saying I can't, but I am confident because a seller, one of the things that they're going to want, they're going to want to make sure the deal gets done. Right. So going through the fears that they've had, they've been procrastinating or maybe the house is a mess or the worry about the neighbors coming in is also the fact that you're just a guy they just met or a gal they just met or, or if you, even if you've proven your validity through your company or your online presence, right? They don't know you. And so confidence goes a very, very, very long way, but must be paired with your reluctance so that you can negotiate the price or the terms that you need to successfully exit this property at the right price or the right terms. Remember, this is all about generating leads. Number two is closing and number three is exiting. And you must do your work in the middle part, that second part, to exit for maximum profit, right? One of the things that I'll say is, look, I don't normally take on, you know, houses with the tenants in them, okay? I will do it, right? I have done it before, but because of that, I need an extra $15,000 to mitigate my risk, right? Notice how my voice is exuding confidence, right? I'm reluctant to take on a house, with a tenant, but I will if and only if you compensate me for my risk. So that is the second technique of the no limit selling system is reluctance. Now, the third technique, this is actually my favorite out of all the sales techniques out there. Number three helps people the most, but also puts cash in your pocket the fastest. I'm going to repeat that. Number three helps people the most but also puts people with cash in your pocket the fastest out of any other techniques. Now, remember, all people are natural procrastinators, but the people who we do business happen to be more procrastinators. Uh, they're farther down the procrastination scale than others, right? Because they let their house get behind in taxes or in foreclosure or repair or they're hoarders or they haven't sold it for whatever reason. And because of that, they are coming to you 
Okay, they're coming to you to solve their problem. And so verbal commitments prevents people from kicking the can down the road. Now, whatever kind of sales you're in, but specifically this type of sales, you will get a lot of call me next week, call me tomorrow. I want to think about it. You know, I, I want to sell my house when I sell this couch. I want to sell this house when I find a new property. I want to sell this house when my son gets a job, even though he hasn't worked 20 years from now, right? I want to sell this house once I figure out if I could do a 1031 exchange after I talk to my accountant. And what happens is, even when people have good intentions, they put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. And what this means is that you are not closing a deal, right? And you are not getting paid. And the seller, most importantly, is not solving their problem. And time kills deals. And if you don't coach the seller using verbal commitments, right, you're going to be stuck in this endless, endless, endless cycle of talking with sellers and trying to get down the deal and getting kicked in the teeth, right, with people who will probably never do business with you. So the verbal commitments does two things. Number one, it helps you qualify people and decide if the person that you're speaking to is worth talking to. And by the way, time is your most valuable asset. And two, right, is it's going to help you compress that timeline and define when you're going to be able to do business. So here's how to use the verbal commitment. Many times a seller will tell you that they're going to get back to what they're going to think about it, right? And they don't even know why they're saying that or what they need to think about. So what you need to do is ask the seller to define in their mind what is the very next step that needs to happen for them to be able to make a decision. Now remember, this is not pressure. We're not pressuring the seller. We're having them verbalize. We're having them think about their very next step that they need to take to push the sale forward or, or and just as good, eliminate us as a prospect of doing business with them. Right. So I always say, look, Mr. Seller, I know you said you wanted to think about. Let me ask you this. What is it that you actually need to think about? And then have them define that. So, for example, we bought a house one time from a lady who we were speaking to for three years and her son no longer lived in the property and she was a hoarder. And we, I'm looking back in the notes here and my sales team could not close it. And we're like, what is going on here? And so we asked this question. She says, well, I've always wanted my son to buy this property and he doesn't live here anymore. And I just want him to have it. I asked her, I said, well, how long have you been asking him to buy it? And she says like 15 years, <laughs> right? So this lady has a procrastination problem. And so I said, okay, what would be fair, right? Would, there be, would it be fair for you to set some kind of deadline with your son? You choose that deadline. Well, would it be fair to ask you to set a deadline with your son that if he didn't purchase by this date or didn't want to purchase by this date, right, then we would do business. And by the way, if you don't want to do business with us, that is okay. Tell us no, my feelings won't be hurt, right? Now notice how I'm communicating this and I'm asking the seller to say no, right? She says, well, I just want to talk to him one more time. It's, it's, uh, I want to talk to him on Friday and I want to get a yes or a no. Now I already knew what the answer was going to be, right? He hasn't purchased the house in 10, 15 years. He's not going to purchase the house by this Friday. But I had her set the date. I had her set the outcome. And I said, if, if he says no, what would be the next step? She goes, well, Monday, let's meet together and do the deal. Okay, long story short, on Friday, she texted me and said, hey, I haven't talked to him yet, but she did talk to him on that Monday. We met on Tuesday and we got the deal done. Okay, and that's how powerful the verbal commitment, it spurs people into action. And sometimes that action is not doing business with you and that is okay, but you're not wasting your time with someone who's not doing business with you. So let me give you a secret here with this. You wanna be very, very specific on the very next action the seller is going to take in between now and the next conversation. And then two, you want to set a date and time to speak next. Okay. Now don't gloss over this. Don't give this like weak, 
weak verbal commitment, right? It's, it's something very specific with a specific outcome, with a specific date and a time. Don't say I'll call you Tuesday. Make an appointment. This is how you start to take your craft very, very, very seriously, right? You've got a calendar out. And you know when you're going to be speaking with that motivated seller, getting a yes or a no, or at least defining the very next action. All right, moving on four. Now, the stealth mismatch is a very powerful technique, and it helps you get deals that you would normally actually never get, right? Someone says, how do you make a seller do business with you? Well, I can promise you this. If a seller is not motivated, if a seller has no problem, if they have no you know, pain or greed, we're not going to do business with them, right? At least at a price that's going, that we're going to be able to make a profit on. I want to explain that again. If someone does not have a problem or a challenge or a greed or some kind of itch that we can solve, they're not going to do business with us. So there's nothing that you can do to force someone to do business with you. But there are two kinds of sellers that we do business with. It's number one, the motivated, the people who show that they're motivated. They tell us that they're motivated and they are open with that. But two are the ones that we call the unmotivated motivated where they appear not to be motivated. If you have ever been to a car lot, okay, and you sat there on a Saturday, I don't know about you, but when a car dealer approaches you on the lot and they say, can I help you? Our initial reaction is what? I'm just looking, right? Well, who the heck goes to a car dealership on a Saturday looking for cars, right? We just don't do it. So really, the prospect or you, you're really lying, <laughs> right? And so all prospects tend to lie to salespeople, right? When a salespeople, I mean you, the wholesaler or the real estate investor or the person trying to acquire the property, and they may not even realize it's a natural defense mechanism. So the stealth mismatch, okay, this is something I talked about in first, it's something that we use, it's a psychology trick that we use, right, NLP, to extract the truth by saying the opposite of what a prospect expects us to say. For example, something that I would say is, listen, maybe you're better off listing with a realtor and selling up and selling for top price. You could get way more than dealing with me. Is that something that you'd be interested in or probably not, right? Boom, now, right, the seller's gonna say, no, I'm not interested in that, <laughs> right? I don't wanna do X, Y, Z because of this. The seller does not wanna reveal their timeline from you, right? Let's assume that you may feel like they're in a rush, but they're not telling you. I'll say, hey, the good thing is, you could hold on to this house for six months or a year and that wouldn't even matter to you, right? And now they'll say, well, actually, no, I need to sell in the next two weeks. So when you go the opposite, when you use the stealth mismatch, it actually floods out the truth. I might say, hey, the good thing is, right, your son, he could stay here six or nine more months without paying rent. He's your son, you wouldn't care, right? What? there's no way my son is staying here another six or nine months over my dead body. He's out of here in the next month or two. Boom. Now I've got the truth. Do not be scared of saying the opposite. Don't be scared of throwing away the deal, right? Using the stealth mismatch because a lot of people are scared of the answer. Don't be scared of the answer. Use a stealth mismatch and this will flush out people who are motivated. Now, the other part about this, right, is that some people will say, well, actually, I am thinking about listing with a realtor. Someone's coming over. He's my brother and I'm probably going to list with him today. Well, boom. Now you know that this is the prospect that you probably should not be doing business with. You've got the truth and you don't have to waste your time or your energy. Remember, your number one asset is your time and you want to be spending time with people who you can help who are motivated, who have a problem, an itch or a greed or something that you can do for them in exchange for some of their equity. Okay, very, very, very important that you understand that. Okay, now, this is the fifth technique. 
Fifth technique is the price conditioning. Now, very important here, if you go back and listen to the first episode, these are communication techniques, but I always suggest keep building rapport, right? And go back to the pain step. That's again in the first episode in this series. I don't know the number yet. I'm in the studio recording, but I'm sure you could find it. We'll put the link in the show notes. Or if you want more training on this right now, go to closingsellers.com. Closingsellers.com. I have some videos on this and I go into detail, but you must condition the seller that you are in this business, that you can help them, that you can close, that you are fast, you are easy and convenient. But in exchange for that, you need to be able to make a profit. Say it loud and proud and look them in the eye and have them understand that. The worst thing that you could do is try to hide that. All right. So one of the things I'll give you two or three questions that you can use right now to price condition, right? One of the things that I'll come over and I'll say, look, knowing that I'm an investor, right? And that I can't pay full retail price. Is it worth me coming over to look at the property, right? And I listen for the answer, right? At that point, we may get into a little bit of a price conditioning, or I might use the what if phase that I talked about in that first episode, right? But I'm going to know more by using that, right? The second step is I might uh, uh, talk about some of the comps over there. So when I say the comps, I mean, what have similar houses sold in the neighborhood to their property? So I'll say, hey, look, I see that, you know, houses on the top end are selling for, you know, 253. I see some houses here from investors that kind of were in that 100 to 150 range. You know, knowing that, is it worth me coming out, right? I'll say, look, I'm, I'm assuming your house is in great condition and we can pay more. A am I incorrect? And say, if it's, you know, it needs a lot of work, I I'm going to, again, have to be able to buy at a price that I, I can make a profit. Can you tell me a little bit more about that condition? So once they know, Okay, that I'm going to ask about the condition, the situation, the problems, and that they know that I'm going to come in there and be certain I can close, but I've got to make a profit. The seller's expectations have now been tempered. It also works when you can do that over a period of hours or days, because if you come in with a low price immediately and it's like sticker shock, you might lose them, right? So always be price conditioning, but building rapport, making a friend, building a pain, going back, building rapport and interweave this in price conditions so that when you go to the house, right? And you ask the, the tough questions, they're ready to sign that agreement. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you want more training, go to closingsellers.com. Also look out for the third episode in this series. Now, this is a, an episode that's going to be near and dear in my heart. I hear a lot of people talk, Todd, how do I actually negotiate price? Like once we get to the nitty gritty, how do I get the price down, right? I find myself at odds. This last episode is really going to focus on specific techniques on getting the lowest price possible. I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.